Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the ANZW podcast, where we amplify the voice and profile of incredible women and allies in the ServiceNow community across Australia and New Zealand, bringing the voices of diversity and inclusion to you, whether you're taking a coffee break, walking the dog, or like me, organising my stash of post-it notes. I'm Katrina Reid, a Senior Principal Strategist in the Inspire Value team, and today I'm here with Alethea Murphy, the Regional Leader for Public Sector Education and Growth at ServiceNow and star of today's episode. Welcome, Alethea. Thanks, Katrina. Great to be here and nice to talk to you. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Can we start by perhaps if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your career history? So I originally hail from Western Australia, but I've been living in Sydney for a long, long time. Um, I'm married with two daughters who I'm incredibly proud of with uh, the youngest just about to start uh, HSC. Uh, And I have this terrible habit of trying new hobbies and then moving on as soon as I've mastered them. Um, I'm an MBA. Uh, I'm a graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Uh, And I'm really passionate about the technology industry and I'm currently the Deputy Chair of the Federal AAA Council. I've been in the tech industry for over 25 years and I've really been blessed to have worked in many different sales and strategy roles through my career. I've met some absolutely amazing people and I've learned a lot, which is something that uh, really underpins um, my career. It's really been a journey of learning new skills, uh, learning from people, uh, and having a lot of fun. Uh, But my career originally started out in marketing, and I also worked in the events industry in the UK and Europe, uh, working in uh, medical and healthcare. And I probably would still be in the UK doing that um, or in that industry if it wasn't for family and Australia itself beckoning me back many years ago. So when I returned from the UK, I was drawn to roles in technology uh, because I'd started my career out of university in a small tech company in Perth. Uh, And then my husband's in the tech industry. You know, we've got a a big group of friends who are also in the tech industry doing startups and other things. So it's always been part of my world. So when I got back to Australia, um, I joined a, a small company called BHPIT. Which, is a, which was a commercial IT company within the big uh, multinational. Uh, and I was, I was doing a marketing job, but I really wanted to get into sales. So I had to lobby for, oh gosh, at least 12 months, a bit longer than that, to try a sales job. And so I spent a number of years early in my career um, selling SAP projects and support, which was a great introduction to working with uh, mining companies and utilities and and the rail industry and so on. Um, And it was a good introduction to selling large deals as well. But that's where my sales career was really born. Um, I then moved to IBM and I was with them for 13 years. I started out working in the Intel server business selling um, hardware and um, through my career at IBM, I did a range of, of sales and strategy roles around hardware and software. Uh, and it gave me a real introduction into running small, small deal businesses, but also running large strategic deals. I had the opportunity to work in channel sales. And my first major leadership role was leading IBM's Intel server distribution business for ANZ. 
Um, I really think back fondly on IBM. It was a fantastic company to work for. I was lucky enough to be given the opportunity to join the top talent program. There was plenty of investment uh, in in, um, training and learning. And I was exposed to a lot of different areas of the business, uh, including, you know, I did a rotational assignment where I developed my skills around um, building out go-to-markets. I worked with the COO. Uh, It also gave me, a company that size, exposure to a range of industries, uh, you know, mining companies, banks and insurers I did a lot of work with, um, logistics and supply chain and utilities. Um, Ironically, I did very little in government when I was at IBM except in my last role. And through that time, I was... I also had the opportunity to balance motherhood and and my career. Uh, IBM gave me the opportunity to work part-time and in job share when my daughters were very small. And that enabled me to pursue my career, but also be a hands-on mum, which was really important to me. Um, Last role at IBM was business unit leader for WebSphere in ANZ. It was my first second-line leadership role. And whilst I really loved IBM, uh, I realised, and I was probably three years overdue, that my natural leadership style versus the style that I felt I had to exhibit at IBM were very, very different. So uh, I start, I started to seek a more entrepreneurial style organisation where uh, it really spoke to me. Uh, you know, I wanted to work in an organisation that gave me the flexibility to be creative. I love building businesses. I love working with big teams, seeing individuals thrive. Uh, And that's uh, when I was approached by a headhunter to uh, work for Infor, um, a US headquartered cloud company. So very outstanding um, leadership at that company, very innovative. And I worked for my first female MD, which was fantastic. So it ticked all the boxes. Um, really enjoyed the job, made President's Club a couple of times and got exposed to manufacturing. And that's when I started to look at um, also working with local councils and state government uh, to give me a bit more of an untrained government. Um, Now, I don't believe in having regrets in life, but uh, I do regret leaving in four. Uh, I was approached by Oracle to lead the CX cloud business in ANZ, and they essentially made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Uh, But ultimately, Oracle, um, whilst it's a great company, the cultural fit just wasn't there for me. Uh, And I moved on very quickly, which I'm not all that keen to do in or haven't in my career generally. Uh, But ultimately, the experience I gained at Oracle around uh, customer experience and service management ultimately led me to ServiceNow. Um, It also helped me cement the priorities I have for my career. Uh, I now look for a, a great culture where I can continue to learn, uh, continue to grow who I am as a person, um, a company that gives me the autonomy to create a business and the opportunity to work with smart, inspiring people, which um, I've been able to find at ServiceNow, uh, which I joined in 2018. It certainly sounds like you've had a breadth of experience across a whole range of industries and different parts of the tech industry across marketing and different roles in sales. Can you describe your current role for our listeners and what you love most about it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the regional leadership role for public sector and education, uh, and as well as growth markets, which is new over the last 12 months. Um, 
that's the same. This is the first time I've done pure public sector. Uh, education is something that I've got a personal interest in. And so that fitted really well. Uh, so, so essentially, I lead the sales team for our local, state, uh, and federal governments, as well as higher education. And then, beginning of this year, I was asked to take on um, working in WA South Australia, Northern Territory, and Tasmania, um, and focusing on that as a region for growth. Uh, that part of my job includes government and non-government customers, and I'm really enjoying being back involved with some of those non-government customers. There's a really different tempo between uh, the two markets. So, look, what, what do I love most about my job? Um, look, I feel everything, well, I feel every day that we have a real impact on our community and the government here in this country. You know, whether it be the work that we're doing with Peter McCallum Cancer Centre in Melbourne to help them operate more effectively, uh, seeing New South Wales police build a warrant risk system to reduce the likelihood of police being killed in the line of duty, or working with Home Affairs to improve the efficiency of IT, all of those things really speak to my, my personal um, ethos in terms of contributing to um, the economy, the community, the world. Um, the second thing that I really like about my job is I work with the most amazing and talented people in the industry. Uh, the, the team, whether it be my immediate team and my extended team, they're a really committed, inspiring group of people. Uh, they're fun to be around and I'm constantly learning from every single one of them. And I think the final thing is uh, ServiceNow itself and, and the platform. Having been over 25 years in the industry, it just can't be underestimated what we have here at ServiceNow. You know, we're working at one of the most innovative companies at scale in the, in the global marketplace. It has a great future. It's got a sustainable technology with, you know, great vision um, and also the, the purpose of ServiceNow really resonates with my own. So we've touched on great culture, great markets and opportunity, great people that you work with and great technology. What are some of the emerging technologies that excite you most? Yeah, emerging technologies. And I've got to say, one of the reasons why I've continued to work in technology is it really is a fascinating industry. Uh, it never stands still. So look, when I, when I look at what are the emerging technologies I'm most interested in and observing, I think, first of all, AI. Um, how is that going to advance over the next five to 10 years? Um, it presents a lot of opportunity, but also presents a lot of challenges. Um, across uh, society, uh, industry, and the world in general. But I am excited to see how AI changes the way in which we live. Um, I'm also really interested in the application of um, virtual and augmented reality, which I think could have operational application in almost every industry you can think of, uh, but is also a way to make the inaccessible accessible for people. So, um, yeah, both, probably both those technologies are of interest to me personally. What's the best advice you've received from a mentor or coach that has served you well in your career? 
Yeah, well, I've I've had some uh, great mentors and coaches through my career, but um, one of the best pieces of advice that I still use today, I got very early on in my career. Uh, I was working for a um, a woman in in IBM. Um, she's still in the industry. Uh, still, uh, I admire her, her uh, hugely. Um, she essentially gave me some advice, which has really stuck with me. I'd just come back uh, from having my first child and had taken 12 months off parental leave. Um, and I'd chosen to work part-time. And I was missing uh, being at home with my baby. Um, and she asked me to take on a sales team leader role. Now, I was battling with mother guilt, you know, being away. Uh, I had imposter syndrome because I was being asked to, to lead a team of my peers and I'd just come back from, from parental leave and I was getting a lot of advice from the people around me, uh, some which you probably couldn't repeat <laughs> in this day and age uh, in the workplace. You know, I, you, can't, you can't pursue a career, Aletheia, in management and still raise happy children. Um, uh, leadership roles, part-time, don't work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, she she took me aside and she was quite frustrated. She said to me, don't take any notice of the views of others as everyone has an opinion and they have a bias based on their own experience. You need to trust yourself and make your own decisions about what's possible and then just go for it. And so I did. I love that. I mean, clearly great advice that applies not just to work, but also becoming a mother or a parent. There's always someone out there with an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is it is a balance and it's a, it's a real decision that each individual, and it's not just the woman in a relationship, it's the partnership, uh, has to make. And I don't think I could have um, pursued some of my goals if I just didn't have a great partner in life as well. And is that advice that you've passed on to the teams that you lead and the and the you know the young women and men that are becoming parents and coming back to the workplace? Yeah, look, when I'm asked, I um, I'll only give advice when I'm asked. Uh, but certainly, when people ask, I say um, just step into things that you're unsure of. You'll you'll be surprised that you tend to swim rather than sink. And if you sink, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to be life ending. Um, you know, make your choices and really understand your guardrails around um, what's important to you and what you're willing to compromise on versus not. Because um, if you're not clear on those things, uh, you you can compromise your own own life um, for the sake of your career very very easily because. There's a lot of opportunity, particularly in our industry out there. So you mentioned earlier um, that you've got two daughters and that you are very good at taking on new hobbies and dropping them as quickly as you yes. pick them up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what, what fuels you outside of work? Oh, look, I, I love people um, um, and I've got a fabulous family and group of friends. I love spending time with my family and friends. You'll always find me out chatting with someone over dinner or a glass of wine or, or something, spending time with my, my daughters. Um, my husband and I love to travel um, and I spend a lot of my, my time plotting, plotting upcoming trips. I think I've got travel mapped out for the next three years. Um, I love to ex exercise, love being active. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, and trying new things. I think that's the best way to describe it. Well, certainly trying new things has served you well in your career, given how many different roles you've picked up and different industries you've worked in. Yeah, look, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been lucky to have the opportunity in front of me, and I've also been um, quite open to jumping in because I do believe every situation is a learning experience, one way or another. You touched on uh, mother's guilt and imposter syndrome. Yeah. Do you feel like that's something you've got better at over the years? And do you think, in a general sense, we've all gotten better at that? Look, I, th- I think it varies. I think it's still, I, I talk to young women and I mentor a number of them and um, that imposter guilt very much is still prevalent. Uh, you know, the story or the, the traditional statement that you hear around women need to have nine out of ten uh, characteristics or experiences to go for a job versus uh, a guy who would have three or four. I think that still does does, does hold. Uh, I find women tend to be harder on themselves um, than than men generally. Though I'm noticing, and I've noticed over the last probably ten years, that gender difference is balancing, uh, rebalancing a little. Um, so look, I, I think um, it's a very real issue, both mother guilt and um, uh, imposter syndrome. But it's something that um, we need to make we we need to as individuals address within ourselves and know that it is possible to be um, a very um, uh, involved parent, uh, as well as have a career. Uh, over the years, you know, my husband and I have taken turns in doing um, uh, smaller jobs versus bigger jobs. So both of us, we've found a balance where we both don't take a big job at the same time. And and that's worked for us to provide the balance and to um, dissuade or assuage that um, mother guilt because it's really around two parents if you're lucky enough to have two parents in 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 a family um, you know there has to be a balance there so a few fun questions to wrap up what is your favorite book or podcast oh gosh okay so um favorite book I generally have two books going on the go and I love a good airport read or a you know a good good read around the pool but I think a book that's really stuck with me is a book that I read many years ago by a guy called Robert Fisk uh, it's called The Great War for Civilization I don't know if you've heard of it um, it's about the conquest of the Middle East sounds really heavy but um, one of the places that I've travelled to and love to travel is the Middle East. And um, when I read this book many years ago, it really, not only was it super interesting, it really made me, uh, or what, what I observed in the Middle East, it resonated very much. You know, it's a very complex region of the world. Yes, this book is just a riveting read for something that is a, a pretty heavy topic. Best movie or TV show to binge watch? Oh, gosh. Okay. Ozark. I can't go past that. Um, I have binge watched that. I've watched the last um, season twice. 
I just love Jason Bateman. I love that story. It's great. I'm really looking forward to your answer to this one, given how much you've traveled, but a place everyone must visit in their lifetime. Right. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, that's very close to home. So uh, Ningaloo Reef and the Coral Coast in Western Australia, traveled there a few years ago with um, my husband and the girls, and it is truly spectacular. So of all the reefs I've either swum or snorkeled or, or gone diving on, it's probably the most spectacular the water's warm, the the sea life is amazing, you know, not only swimming with whale sharks but also swimming with sharks, you know, reef sharks and turtles. It really is spectacular and it's a place where um, you can take your shoes off and uh, walk around bare feet the entire time, which I really love. Sounds perfect. And finally, an item you couldn't live without. Oh, gosh, I can never go with just one thing. So I've always got to have two. I think uh, there are two items I couldn't live without. One is my grandmother's engagement ring, which I was given a couple of years ago. And the second one, which is a future family heirloom, my father uh, made me a grandfather clock um, a number of years ago. And I'll I'll always treasure that. And finally, a favourite food. (laughs) Favourite food. I love Mexican inclusive of a classic margarita. I was about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Salt has to be on the rim of the glass. uh, And uh, it is Tex-Mex is one of the first things I eat when I when I step foot into the US, I've got to admit. I'd have to agree with that. Good Mexican, can't get past that. I do want to say to anyone who listens to this podcast, please feel free to always reach out to me. I really do believe that um, women contribute not only so much to the world, obviously, but to the tech industry where we're still underrepresented. It's a great opportunity for young women to um, start a career, which can be a lifetime career as um, as I've certainly been able to enjoy in an industry which is ever-changing and interesting. If you're someone who likes a variety of experience, it's actually worthwhile uh, looking at the industry and supporting other women who may want to come up through the industry. So yeah, just an offer for anyone who ever wants to talk about their career aspirations and any challenges they might want to discuss. That's a wonderful way to wrap up. Alethea, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for joining and sharing your story. Thanks, Katrina. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Make sure to join our LinkedIn group to continue the conversation and connect with all of our guests on the show. You can find us on the ANZW podcast homepage, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And if you know someone with a great story to share, drop us a note. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.